NBA Australia. How are you going? Hey, this is NBA Australia. I am your host, James Clements. I'm the editor of a good website. It's called Code Bet. Uh, so go check that out, would you? Uh, you might have also seen this podcasting mug of mine. Oh, get it? He's ugly. Uh, on Fox Sports Lab NBA or in the paper. Every single day, all the way around this wide brown land of ours. But I'm here in Larry Armour Studios, a bit dusty, a little bit sick. Uh, probably from just like, I don't know, the baby squid. You know how babies are? He's like nine months old. He's like, Dad, I'm just going to breathe in your fucking eyeballs and your mouth. <laughs> and you're like, oh, God. Whatever lurgy you've picked up from daycare over the last week and a half, I've now got. Fantastic. So... Oh, Jim, was it all the tin you drank yesterday? No! Settle down. It wasn't that. Uh, right. Here in Larry Armour Studios, talking NBA offseason, uh, obviously the first domino to fall. Jonah Bolden to the Sydney King. <laughs> Brad Beal. We're talking Brad Beal trade. He's off to Phoenix. Uh, we'll do a quick first blush Jimmy draft. We'll do some yeah, nahs, and that'll be it today. Just a quick hitter. I uh, just wanted to get the draft sort of, the first sort of shape. I usually do about the first 20-odd Usually, and then by Thursday's show, uh, we'll probably have a better shape or an idea of the first round. So I just want to get the top 15, I guess, out there and see how we're looking. Uh, and that'll be it. So, I don't know. Yeah, Nas, unpopular opinion of the day. Now, back take us. Just off we go. We'll have a bit of a deli review, and that'll be the show. All right, let's get into it. Episode 951 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Ah, you better better watch out for the attack of, uh, I don't know, how many tins you have yesterday, Jim. Uh, I mean, actually it wasn't too many, just at the uh, Community Cup watching the footy. Having a grand old time with the squids. They had an awesome day. Uh, you know, had a nice little whiskey watching the cricket as well last night. Woke up at like fucking 4am going, oh, oh my God, I hurt. Um, but anyway, so I'm just a bit under the weather today. But that's all right. I thought I'd knock over today's show, do the draft, do the Brad Beal trade gear. Uh, because tomorrow's my birthday and I'm just going to take the day off from doing NBA Australia gear. Still got to work, just not on this one. All right, let's get into it. I don't know why we start every show here at NBA Australia with the Daily. Whip around. That's right, let's start with the deal that everyone is talking about. Jonah Bolden to the Kings. How much do you reckon he did his balls on crypto? <laughs> oh, fuck, I ruined that day. Get off 20 bucks. <laughs> Although crypto is going to be fucking sick, man. Jeez, I wish I was still playing basketball. <laughs> Fuck you, Jonah Bolden. Now, of course, we're talking Brad Beal to Phoenix. First blush approach there, Jim. What do you reckon? Ew. But did uh, Phoenix really give up anything to get him, Jim? Not really, no. Oh, but Chris Paul and Landry Shamit, you mean the old bloke who's like 400 years old and gets hurt every fucking playoffs? And a bloke who was barely playable in the playoffs himself, Landry Shamwell Shamit. Oh, no, not three pick swaps. Yeah, look, you know, don't control your drafting destiny literally for the rest of the decade. 
Uh, you either give them up to uh, Brooklyn or you're swapping them with uh, your men's in Washington. Uh, but a bunch of, what was it? A handful of second round picks and multiple pick swaps. So pretty cool. Good on ya. My first vibe on this is, wow, did Washington completely fuck this up. <laughs> Seriously, I look, I appreciate that Michael Winger came. He's like, yep, yeah, yeah, what the fuck are we doing here? This is this is dumb. Why do we have a bloke we're going to be paying fucking $50 million a year who has a no-trade clause and he's never, like, dragged us even close, really, to the playoffs by himself? That dude? We're paying that dude a quarter of a billion dollars and he's got a no-trade What have we done? Anyway, so I think that's the biggest thing that sticks out to me. How badly Washington completely fucked this situation. Because if you're going to tank... This is the f- the year that's just passed. That's the fucking year to tank, you idiots. Seriously, what are you doing? Oh, nah, man, we really think that Carl Kuzma and Brad Beal and the Extreme Zinger Meal... The Extreme Zinger Meal. ...will be really good together based on fucking what? Beal's always injured, or Zingas is always injured, and Kuzma looks like an Armenian Allen. What are you doing? Seriously, pull your heads out your asses. Tell me, fucking shit, I'll tell you, anyway... What a horrible return. But at the same time, at least he's off your books and you can just finally take. But still, seriously, you should never have given him that fucking giant contract in the first place. He's not a number one. He's barely a number two, I'd argue. And everybody other go, oh, Brad Beal's really good. Brad Beal's really, hey, you're not paying attention to basketball if you don't think Brad Beal's good. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, no, no. I watch a fuck ton of basketball. And at zero point, did you ever go, you know who's the missing component of a fucking NBA title team? It's Brad Beal. Especially on a team where he plays the exact same position as the existing star. And the other star is also really good at shooting mid-rangers. Because that's the sort of other side of this one for me. I absolutely love that Phoenix watched Devin Booker and Kevin Durant flame out in the playoffs shooting mid-rangers and getting belted by Denver. And went, you know what we need? More of that. (laughs) I think I talked about it the other day, right? Brad Beal and his shot chart is fucked. Oh, but he's really good. Yeah, he was a couple of years ago. Now it's like, all right, cool. You get a 30-year-old shooting guard. I'm just saying, the bloke doesn't play. He's played 50, 40, 60, 57 games the last four seasons. Two before that, he played 82 games. 77 the year before that. 55, 63, 73, 56. I don't know, man. I just don't like the vibe of going from a bloke who averages 30 points a game down to 23, which is what he's done over the last two seasons when he's been healthy. You've also seen his three-point shooting percentage just fucking disappear. He was shooting 7, 6, 7, 8 a game, 6 a game. Last two years, 5 and 4 per game. That's his threes. You're a shooting guard in the 2023 NBA. What the fuck are you doing, Brad Beal? Oh, I'm getting to the line, bro. No, you're not. You're getting to the line four times a game. Four years ago, you were there eight. It's almost halved. It's 4.6 a game to eight. And now you're going to see your usage just completely get obliterated because we're not going to get the ball out of Devin Booker or Kevin Durant's hands to give the fucking Brad Beal. Congratulations. You're the most highly paid Ray Allen ever. And I hate the fit. I hate it. I hate the fit. Oh, but if you just put, you play Booker as your point guard, all right. If Booker's my point guard, fine. 
I love Booker as a point guard. I thought he was much better than Chris Paul during these playoffs. It was great fun. And then they didn't have any other sort of options uh, outside of Booker and Durant when they weren't firing. So you can see at least the idea behind it. So I hate the fit, but at the same time, it probably works. (laughs) And you're like, all right, radical. Let's go. At the same time, I'm also like, I just don't know if Brad Beal is exactly what Booker and Durant needed, is it? You know, they've now got, what, $163 million tied up in Booker, KD, Beal, and Aiton. So everyone's like, oh, well, you better trade DeAndre Aiton for some stuff. It's like, nah, just fuck him off. Just play Jock Landau, you'll be fine. Simple as that. Uh, But still, so the things that stick out to me, weird fit, but... Booker and Durant are probably good enough to make it work no matter what. I just think people doing backwhips, oh, it's a big three. It's like, have you watched Brad Beal play? I don't think he should be on anything that's called a big. He shot 50% from the floor this year, but he played 50 games. Good on you, Brad. Good on you. Shot 36% from three a year after shooting 30%. Oh, geez, that seems reliable. He went at over 40% for like the first, what, five of his, four of his first five years or something like that. Uh, three of his first five years. There you go. And now he's still down to 37%. So over the last few years, 35, 35, 35, 30, and then 36.5. So I don't know. Is he the 40% shooter from three or is he the 35% shooter from three where he is not playing next to like John Wall or someone half decent and he's getting paid 50 million bucks a year? It's just a tricky one. Either way, basically my point is I'm not entirely convinced Brad Beal is the cure to what ails you, if you're Phoenix. But at the same time, why the fuck not? Like, you owe all your draft picks to fucking Brooklyn anyway. This at least covers you a little bit in terms of, like, Booker and KD injuries. I do think it's hilarious, though, where you've got Booker, KD, and Beal basically due to, like, oh, what happened to him this time? Ah, oh, calf. Fuck, there he goes for six weeks. <laughs> They're the top draft picks for, geez, he's been out a while. <laughs> Them and Zion, just saying. Um, but really, the dude, what, Beal's made it to a game seven of a second round once with John Wall. And uh, Washington, now they're sort of like, all right, we're going to try to reroute Chris Paul. We'll send him somewhere else. Good luck with that. Wouldn't you just sort of keep him and go, can you just sort of, I don't know, Hang out for a second while we try to figure out where to trade you to and whether or not we have to buy you out because it's a bit fucked. But basically, what this screams to me is this is the most wizard shit ever. Seriously, you get Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, three pick swaps and a couple of second rounders for Brad Beal. They got completely fucked over by the no-trade clause that they gave him uh, based on what exactly, I don't know. Oh, well, we ne- we wanted to show our appreciation to, to Bradley. It's like, all right. I think the $250 million is a fair enough appreciation. What do you think? You know? <laughs> it's so fucking dumb. Um, but where does CP3 end up? I don't know. Get bought out. Go play on the Lakers. Fulfill that destiny, I reckon. Do it, Chris. You and the other old blokes. You can break down together. Um, does this change the Suns' ceiling for this coming season? Yeah, nah. Yeah, it does. They were always going to be thin no matter what, right? Like, to bring back their dudes, like Landale and Tory Craig, stuff like that. The things that they sort of need to do 
they're always going to be a bit thin and they'll have to, uh, you know, be pushing hard up against this new CBA, which, look, it seemed weird when they announced it. It seems even fucking weirder now where it's like, oh, yeah, the second apron. It's like, motherfucker, I don't want to be thinking about aprons. I don't want to be in the kitchen. I just like, if you want to pay for the fucking thing, pay for it. But like to then uh, strip them of like all the extra shit to be able to like give money to players. Seems like the Players Association are actually fucking morons. Just saying. Anyway, um, Brad Beal to Phoenix. If we're going to rank it out or if we're going to grade it, I'd probably give it for Phoenix. That's an A+. Because you got Brad Beal for Chris Paul, who's old as fuck. Landry Shamit. Ugh. Who you couldn't basically play during the playoffs because he was that shit at times. Three pick swaps. Yeah, you got no draft picks anyway. And at least that way you still have a pick in that draft. And, uh, yeah, some second rounders. So you got Brad Beal for a fucking bag of chips and fuck all. And Washington, to grade that for them, uh, that's a D plus. You got sweet dick all back, you idiots. Great job. They were absolutely hamstrung, though. Because Brad Beal had to okay the trade that you know as to where he was going, and if Miami were kind of like, oh, we don't want to give you Jovich and Haywood Highsmith, and, uh, <laughs> and if Washington were like, well, geez, then we don't want Tyler Hero, then then Washington completely screwed the pooch because at least Hero would have given you something to work with, or at least then on trade, right? If you really want to tank, you go, well, Tyler Hero's at least got some value. Not totally convinced Chris Paul does. So you kind of done fucked it. Washington, congratulations. You played yourself. This is horrible. There's no other way to put it. Classic Wizards, though. It's the most wizard shit ever, isn't it? Giving Brad Bill a quarter of a billion dollars and a no-trade clause and then watching that completely fuck you is just the most wizard shit ever. A team that just routinely fucked itself. Uh, right. So with all that in mind, uh, we've got the draft coming up this week. I reckon we'll see some more trades in the ensuing days, which is probably why I'll do a show on Thursday. Uh, yeah, Wednesday or Thursday before the draft on Friday morning our time. Uh, so other trades I want to see. How about Carl Anthony Towns for pick number three and Anthony Simons? What do you reckon? Bang. The Wolves are already all in. They've already given up everything to go get Gobez. Now you've just got Anthony Edwards. Throw Simons next to him as just a happy shooting guard. Give the keys over to Ant-Man. Just go fucking hammer and tongs. Pick number three. Go get Brandon Miller if he's still there. Just change up the shape and size of your team. Instead of going your tin t- twin towers. The thing is, you just got to hope that someone trades with Charlotte to go number two and take Scoot. Or Charlotte, just go fuck it and take Scoot anyway. Because uh, I don't feel like you can really... Like, if you don't like Lamello. And Scoot Henderson. I really don't like Anthony Edwards and Scoot Henderson, but still. Uh, there you go. You've still got your point guard. Anyway, Mike Conley, Ant-Man. Bring in Simon. You can either use him as a bench gunner or, you know, eventually sort of phase out Conley as he tunes up and gets Anthony Edwards as, you know, turns him into a proper point guard if that's your plan. Or, you know, go Scoot and fucking <laughs> go Scoot and Anthony Edwards and see what happens. Be kind of fun. But look. That means Carl Anthony Towns could, you know, eventually retire and people could say that he changed the game, but just time, this time it was in Portland. Uh, how about Zion for three and Simons? Or how about Zion for two and Gordy Hayward? How about number 10 and Tim Hardaway for go the fro Jared Allen? Do you reckon the Dallas Mavericks and Cleveland? Cleveland! Cavaliers would uh, 
think that's a good idea. If only the Mavs still had like a wing. <laughs> Brooklyn is sitting there going, we've got eight wings, motherfuckers. And Cleveland are like, man, I wish we had like two. Anyway, but Tim Hardaway, number 10 for Jared Allen would be pretty fun. Uh, how about Orlando, number 6 and 11? What do you reckon they can get for that? Do you reckon they can move up to 5, 4? I don't know. Do they want to move up? Do they want to trade 6 and 11 for an existing player? To Orlando, 6 and 11. Can we get a sign and trade for Kuzma? He plays the same position as Paolo, really, though, so I don't know. I'm basically at this point going, how do Orlando pillage <laughs> Washington? Could they get the, I don't know. Extreme Zinger Meal. Ooh, for just like number 11? That'd be kind of fun. How about 6 and 11 for OG Ananobi? Now we are cooking. That's right. Give me 6 and 11, the Orlando Magic, up to Toronto for the OG Ananobi. Uh, it feels like it's paying overs if you're Orlando, but that's exactly what you need on Orlando now, isn't it? Just a fucking defensive wing stopper who knows his role. Put him next to Palo Bangato, Wendell, and Franz Wagner and shit, and I'm like, yes. Give me a defensive fucking wing. That is awesome. 6 and 11, what else? I don't know. You don't really need a... Uh... The other thing that I was thinking for number 10 in Tim Hardaway, can we get John Collins... Atlanta and Dallas, but I've got a feeling if you're Atlanta, you never want to trade with Dallas again, ever since the Trey Young, uh, Luca trade. Oh, but they got Cam Reddish. Yeah, how'd that work out? <laughs> and my other favorite one is probably Tobias Harris and, a, I don't know, to the Spurs for a bag of chips. And the Sixers don't get to decide the flavor. Pop goes, right, you're having fucking chicken and balls. That's what the bag of chips is. <laughs> All right. There's a couple of good ones, but I think what we'll essentially, I think the uh, things to keep your eyes on this week, uh, Zion, all the reports about him being unhappy in New Orleans and New Orleans going, this fucking fat piece of shit doesn't do anything and he's an arsehole, we're fucking sick of him. The big problem for me is like Charlotte, there's no way, oh yeah, so Michael Jordan sort of gets announced that he's selling the team, right, the Hornets. There is absolutely zero way Zion, as a Jordan athlete, that Michael Jordan decides to sell the team knowing that he could get actually Zion Williamson within a week. No way. No how. Absolutely zero chance that they trade for Zion. Because there is... Like, MJ would have been able to add, like, an extra 500 mil on that sale price if he traded the number two for Zion Williamson. Like, forget that I think Zion Williamson's stats are basically the same as his diet, right? Like, empty calories. But, God damn, he's marketable. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just keep an eye on Zion. I think he'd be really good up there in Portland. So if Portland want to part ways with the number three pick, Anthony Simons, send him down, send them down to uh, New Orleans and pick up a uh, banged up big man. Oh, geez, that's worked out good for Portland in the past, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, nah. <laughs> what do you reckon? <laughs> Brutal. All right, really quick. Uh, Jimmy draft. Uh, the Jimmy Mock, we'll call it for the moment. So for the lottery in a bit, uh, obviously the San Antonio Bandera Spurs, they take Victor Wembanyama, Charlotte. It always felt weird that they were going to draft for fit in Brandon Miller rather than for talent, Scoot Henderson. 
And you've seen the betting markets and shit change on that with Scoot now being much more favored to go number two than three. Um, I do wonder if, like, Portland and Charlotte could figure out some sort of, uh, you know, weird trade there anyway where Portland sends Simons or something to Charlotte for something like Gordy or something like that and they just sort of switch two and three. Might be a bit of a beneficial one for everybody involved. Uh, but I feel like if Charlotte walked away from this draft with Scoot Henderson and Lamello, like it feels like Lamello should be good enough to play with Scoot and Scoot should be good enough to play with Lamello. But it's also two lead ball handlers, top dog sort of vibes, young team. Who do they belong to? It just seems weird and fucky. So look, if you're Charlotte, I'm not convinced on Miller. I think he came up short in a lot of big games time and time again. I don't really like that. Oh, but Jimmy's only like 19. Yeah, I don't care. His decision-making has proven not to be great. Hey, can you go get my gun? Oh, yeah, not a problem. What do you need it for? Oh, to shoot this person. Okay. <laughs> great job, Brandon Miller. You fucking mental case. Uh, number three, Portland. Look, just take Scoot. I'd trade Dame as well. I'd take Scoot. Clear it all out. Trade Dame. Get what you can for him. Away we go. Maybe if you can get some of those Brooklyn picks. Send Dame over there to go hang out with the Mikar Bridges. And uh, hand the keys over to Scoot. Uh, Houston at number four. That's where, oh, this is where the draft really begins. All right. Pretty sure it begins at one. Uh, but we know that they're going to take Wembenyama. All right, do you know what Charlotte are going to do it to? No. Then shush. So two, three. We know that it'll be Miller and Scoot in some order. I always love people go, oh, nah, man, I've actually got Cam Whitmore above Miller. Yeah, congrats then. Yeah. You're a real standout. Uh, number four. Who do Houston take? Uh, it does feel like Amen Thompson is right there. And it seemed like that would be the ideal spot Amen, Thompson, because you get to go, all right, Jalen Green, just just share the ball a little bit. He's not Kevin Porter Jr. You'll be fine. Amen, Thompson, better than Kevin Porter Jr. Off you go. There's also the vibe for me where it's like Jerace Walker, Houston Cougar, right there, right there. He's kind of the dude they need, you know? They've already got Jay Sean Tate, though, so I don't know if they really need Jerace Walker. So I will take Amen, Thompson at four. If I'm the Houston Rockets, oh, but we might get James Harden. Cool. Then you should also trade for Jalen Brown and just go absolutely hammering tongs. Or just go sign Jalen Brown and make Boston match it. Just saying. Uh, number five, Detroit Basketball Pistons. It's either Jarace Walker or Cam Whitmore. My guess is absolutely Whitmore. Uh, I feel like he just fits that team really, really nicely. And Orlando. How about Orsar Thompson? The other Thompson twin. Orlando. I kind of like that. Um, I feel like Orlando at six. There's a couple of uh, ways they go. Orsar Thompson, Jarace Walker, Taylor Hendricks. It feels like, like, look, I still think they should trade six and 11. Go get someone like OG Ananobi. Otherwise, you just go, fuck it. We've got uh, a couple of smallish guards anyway. We've got Mark L. Fultz. We could use a Thompson twin. So give us Orsar. Awesome. Uh, the really tricky one then for me at seven would be Indy, right? Taylor Hendricks, Jerace Walker. They need someone who's tough. Jerace Walker's probably the tough guy. Taylor Hendricks might be the one that really stands out to me, though, and if, I would really like him if I'm if I'm Indy. Washington. Ah, uh, what do the Wizards do after trading away your man's 
Brad Beal, how about you just go get Anthony Black? He's there on this board at the moment. 6'6", six, six, sort of a Lonzo-y kind of bigger dude, but doesn't shoot it great. So he's kind of like a weird combo of like Lonzo and uh, Markel, which is pretty funny. Um, but either way, look, that sort of just reset. Off you go, Washington. You've still got like wings coming out the wazoo. you got Danny Avdish. You've got Kuzma. You've just got, like, a bunch of dudes that all play the same position. Just go get a big fucking guard. He's bigger than Bill. Utah! Bilal Kulabali! Kulabali! Yeah, give me some Bilal Kulabali. Uh, Utah, I think they'll love him. Put him next to... Uh, he's the big... He's the French dude. Put him next to Lowry and just fucking let him go. He could be a star. Derek Lively, 10 to Dallas if Dallas keep that. It's like, oh, can we get a center? Oh, my God, we got a center. If not, try to trade that for a center. Or just a big, just somebody you can play, even a hint of fucking defense, Dallas. What are you doing? Uh, number 11, you got to go Grady Dick if you're Orlando, right? Because then you can have, finally, the Jalen Suggs, Grady Dick, in the same backcourt. That's right, the Suggs-Dick backcourt. Number 12, OKC, give me Taylor Hendricks in this one. The fact that he slipped all the way to uh, 12 in my mock draft means you probably can't trust this. I got a bit of time for the fact that he, like, Hendricks is like that sort of 6'8 dude. To be honest, if he was still on the board at this point, Dallas would probably take him at 10 rather than a center. Just go pay a center. Whereas, like, Hendricks at least, um, what was he, UCF? So it'd be pretty interesting. You might better sell that as well if you're Dallas, but I kind of like him filling in for Dorian Finney Smith, old Taylor Hendricks and co. But still. Anyway, uh, in this case, he's gone to OKC, and the rich getting richer. 13, Toronto, Kobe. Kobe Bufkin. Love it. Toronto, I reckon they should trade up, do that 6-11 uh, OG thing, and just really reboot that entire thing with, like, 6-11 and 13. Uh, New Orleans, Jalen Hood, Shafino. Why not? Nick Smith Jr., Atlanta at 15. Keontae George to 16 at Utah. Cason Wallace, 17 at Lakers. Noah Clowney to Miami at 18. Jordan Hawkins to the Golden State Warriors at 19. And Houston take Jet Howard at 20. Then there's a couple of Brooklyn picks, and it feels like they'll be moving in and around and trying their absolute hardest to probably, like, coalesce both of those into a higher pick. Like, wouldn't surprise me if they traded with, like, OKC for 12 or something like that. Or just got a couple of stashes. Uh, Sacramento are after that. I want them to get Chris Murray, a.k.a. the brother of uh, our man's Keegan. Um, out there for Sacramento, the twin, the shit one, but still, got to collect them all. It's the same with the Thompson twins. Like, if I'm Orlando, I'm trying to get the Thompson twins on the same team. Like, give me 6-11. and 11. I want Orsar and Amen. Or I'm going to trade up. Let's go. Uh, you've also got Indy with their second pick. Memphis with a pick at 25. We need a backup point guard. Utah with another pick. Charlotte with another pick. Indy with another pick. The Clippers finally get a pick at 30. And uh, a couple of uh, other teams without a pick. At the start of the second round, due to some uh, shenanigans. So there's the vibes. First initial vibes. I think Miller goes too if you just want to trade for, well, you know, actually pick for want rather than, or fit rather than anything else, and that's where you're at. All right, let's do some uh, quick yeah nahs and piss off because why shouldn't we? Let's do it. Can't wait for the draft on Friday though. The more and more you dig into it, and this is the best part. Like This is all just like the initial sort of vibes. On Wednesday or Thursday show, whatever day we do it, We'll have a much better vibe on uh, where everyone's going to fall. There'll be more drafts, uh, more draft 
sort of knowledge, more scuttlebutt and, but, and more trades have already happened. So be very interesting. All right, let's do some BNRs after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And 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 you're listening to NBA Australia. Let's do some here now. It's brought to you with the NBA Australia Shop. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. Wear it. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. Yeah, do that. Go to NBAAustralia.com slash shop or just click through on the socials. Get a hoodie. Get a t-shirt. I'm wearing a t-shirt right now. Just, they're really warm. They're extra longish as well. So they're just really good. Especially in the cold Melbourne winters. Anyway. Do some yenars. Uh, Brad McKeegan sent through a couple. So I've actually got a couple of listener ones today. Hey, Jimbo, a couple of yenars to get the offseason rolling. Number one, would Joker be an even better player if he loved the game? <laughs> or is his work-life approach the reason he's been able to grind his way from second round to superstar? Yeah, nah. Nah, I think you're right there, McKeegan, with the second half, right? Like, I don't think he'd be an even better player if he loved the game. I think he's a, an amazing, incredible player because because of his approach, right? He's like, my work-life approach is like, I love my horses. I just fucking, like, like basketball's a job. But I want my job to be fun for everybody. I don't want it to be a grind. And that's why he's such a great passer. That's why he's such a great scorer. And that's why he's such an amazing fucking teammate. So everybody loves him on that team. Like, I feel like we always underestimate just the sheer power of having a giant fucking asshole. On your team must be. Like, look around and go, oh, geez, how many times has Kyrie's teams won since LeBron and he were able to carry them to a title? It's like fucking eight years ago now. Like, Kyrie's a giant fucking seething piece of shit asshole. And you know that his teammates are like, I'm fucking so sick of this prick. And that just drags you down every day going to work. If you work with somebody who fucking sucks... You know what I'm talking about? You're like, ah, oh, here we go. Fucking Cheryl. She's such a fucking pain in my balls. You know, that sort of vibe. And if your best dude, aka the Joker, makes coming to work an absolute fucking delight, and he's really good at what he does, like that is just completely across the board. Uh, contagious, that enthusiasm, that approach, that vibe. That's why people love playing with Larry and Magic, you know? And people weren't falling over themselves like, oh, Michael Jordan seems like a great dude to play with. It's like, Steve Kerr's like, I will get punched in the face if I win a title. <laughs> like, that's fucking fine. But I've won a ring. Scotty Pippen hates MJ now. Even Luke Longley basically went into, like, fucking reclusivity. He's like, MJ just fucking did my head in, bro. Like, that sort of shit. So, yeah. Um, I think Joker's work-life balance approach is the reason why he's a fucking absolute gun. Number two, yeah, nah, MJ is selling it because Super Alien <laughs> Super Alien Silver has promised him a share of the Vegas franchise that comes in. Yeah, nah. Oh, I don't mind this. Hey, Michael, if you sell, you can have the Vegas one. We'll make so much money. Yeah, that's that's about the Adam Silver I know. Uh, 
That would be funny if it was MJ and LeBron buying into the Vegas one. Fuck yeah. Uh, I think the MJ one is just like one of those things he's like, you know what? Money's awesome. I really like being Michael Jordan. I don't like having a job. <laughs> you know? Because I think he got to the point where he's like, I bought this fucking Charlotte Hornets team. I put in like $180 million, And now it's worth $3 billion. Yeah, fuck it. I might as well sell now. Good stuff. Number three, LeBron's going to get a Mexico Mexico City franchise so every night can be Taco Tuesday. <laughs> oh, Brad, that's vaguely racist, but not really. Um, the Mexico City franchise is fascinating. Having been to Mexico City, fucking hell, you think like Denver's tough with the altitude? Mexico City's fucked. Like we're staying in a, like, you know, a two-story walk-up and like going up the stairs, I'm like, Jesus Christ, I need to sit down. Uh, I might have also had 87 million beers, but at the same time. Um, the Mexico City franchise is going to be interesting. I think we get Seattle and Vegas, and then they try to figure out maybe another one. Maybe they move New Orleans or something, but either way. Um, LeBron's going to definitely buy into Vegas, though. That's definitely what's going to happen. He and MJ doing it together would be very funny. And Jez Oz, hey, bud, how things? Yeah, not bad, Jez, not bad. I hope Ballarat's all right up there, buddy. Uh, Nurk says... Same thing as Brooklyn, the big three. Yeah, nah. Oof. Probably nah, because I think, look, the Kyrie, James Harden, Kevin Durant vibe, pretty similar-ish though, right? Booker, combo guard, Beal, bit of a combo guard, but much more of a shooting guard sort of thing. I feel like you can at least sort of just move Beal off the ball and just let Book be your main creator. So I think the fit's a little bit better than uh, you saw with Harden, Irving, and KD. I think the big problem is, as I said, right, the lack of threes from Booker and from Beal. It's like, there's only so many mid-range shots you can fucking take. Someone's going to bump up those three-pointers. Go, boys. What are you doing? All right, what about an unpopular opinion of the day? Now, look at me, please. Look at me. 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 I still think, I sort of hit on this earlier. I don't think this is a big three. Like, a big three would be to me... If Brad Beal was Jimmy Butler, you know, that's a big three. That's a a three that sort of doesn't have a giant amount of positional overlap. I always, always hated like the big three in Brooklyn because it's like, yeah, great. Harden, Kyrie, Durant, they absolutely obliterated teams, but there was at least a little bit of depth on that team as well. This Phoenix one, it's going to get pretty hard. Unless you flip Aiton for a bunch of things. But look, Brad Beal, just his price, as I said, the cost-benefit ratio is all completely out of whack. Like, it's not quite Ray Allen. Ray Allen was on that sort of like the weird old-timey max. They're able to get KG. They cleared out the decks. And that's kind of what Phoenix need to do now, right? You just need to go, we just need seven dudes. How can we beat fucking Denver? How do we get past the Lakers? Does our big three help us do that? And the thing to me is, I don't think Brad Beal does. You know? Was the one thing that they were missing in that Denver series that they lose in six, was it having another mid-range jump shooter who's just turning 30? I don't think so. But I still think they'll be all right. All right, but what about Outback Takeouts, though? Here we go. Let's do it. 
It's Monday at our back, and you know what that means. Oh, yeah. On the way to kindy this morning, me and the squid just took out the cricket bats and beat the shit out of a wombat that was on the side of the road. Then chucked it on the fucking spit out the back. And I'll tell you what, it's gamey, but it's bloody good because we tenderize that burst of a thing. And I'll tell you what, spitted wombat only at Outback is fucking delicious. And today's flame grill take is... The Phoenix Suns have got a new big three, but it's not going to help them much when they get bounced by the Oklahoma City Thunder in the first round next season. That's right, Presti's revenge only at Outback. Uh, I was going to do a Jonah Bolden one in there as well. I was like, Jonah Bolden will uh, take the spot of Xavier Cooks and crush it with Sydney. And then I'm like, eh, no, nah, he'll be too busy. Like, going, hey, man, I'm not even a basketball player. Got lots of crypto. <laughs> what a fucking knob end. All right, that's it for today. And uh, we will be back, as I said, Wednesday or Thursday uh, just to chop some shit up about the draft and get you all caught up on all the moves and all that sort of gear. I mean, at the moment, you know, Brad Beal, big trade. MJ selling the Hornets, pretty big too, but there'll be a few more to drop as we get closer and closer to this draft, so keep your ears out, and I'll be back to uh, catch up probably Wednesday or maybe Thursday, just depending on how we're trucking. Uh, in the meantime, make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Face IG, all over the socials, you know that. NFL Australia, myself, and Gaz. That'll be popping off again soon. Uh, what else have we got? We've got Code Bet Daily. You can hear me on that every day. And, uh, yeah, nbaastray.com slash shop. Go get your merch. It is my birthday tomorrow, so if you want to go buy some merch, you know, better make my bloody day. Jack uh, <laughs> is a radio review on your podcast app. What is it? Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever you use. Uh, rate, review it, comment. Come on. That'd be a good birthday present. I'll just comment go, Jimmy is a fucking shit bloke, but I fucking love NBA Australia, man. <laughs> Off you go. Uh, big thanks always go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. Check out the new band House Hats. They rule. And so do Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinated, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Today, Green Going Green, and Dozers for all the tunes you hear throughout the show. So smash them all in Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify. Remember, NBA Australia supports Australian bands. All right, we'll close out with a really quick deli review today, and we will catch you on Wednesday or Thursday this week for a big, big, big uh, pre-draft show. And then we'll do a live stream on Friday as well. For the draft. As per usual, should be great. All right, we'll speak to you then, you dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying look after yourselves, would you? And happy birthday to me. Later, Hosen. Fuck age, it's your old man Dally over here to swing a boy for my latest pop culture review. And I gotta tell you, there's a bit of that, you know, shit on telly going off at the moment. And I don't know if I've spoken to you about Barry yet, but fuck me, dead. We finally finished Barry the other day, moving the missus. I'm back home, I'm working hard for Gorge, trying to make the World Cup squad and all that sort of shit. And she's like, hey, we should watch that Barry. And I'm like, oh yeah, fucking cool, I love that one. It's pretty funny, you know, he's like the fucking, you know, the assassin and shit. And uh, he tries to be an actor, all that sort of stuff. Fucking love it, man. And so we watched all that new season. It was like the last season or whatever. And you're watching, you're like, this isn't very fucking funny at all, is it? It's just to be a fucking serious man. So I watched it all and just got sad. But yeah. So I guess if you want to watch a comedy that makes you sad, then go check out Barry. So I'd still give it about 16 out of 10 Deli Ones. It was fucking good, man. Like, 
I'll tell you, he's fucking good, that Barry. So, yeah. Go check it out. It's pretty fun. They're not funny, I'll tell you. It's a bit sad, actually, but still really fucking good. So go check it out. All right, that's it for this week. We'll catch us next week. Later, fuckers. Deli out.